Force Up podcast, hosted by me, Jude Knoll, and my co-host, Clayton Castle. Today, we are rejoined by Dr. Shauna Riley, Professor of Political Science and Director of the Institute for Student Research and Creative Activity. You might remember her from last semester's episode about Experiential Learning Week. This time, she's here to help us preview the upcoming gubernatorial debate between incumbent Andy Bashir and Attorney General Daniel Cameron, which takes place at NKU on Monday, October 16th from 7 to 8 p.m. The gubernatorial debate is not open to the public, but will be available on TV in the greater Cincinnati area on WCPO Channel 9 or on your local station across the Commonwealth. Those stations are LEX 18 in Lexington, WDRB in Louisville, WPSD Local 6 in Paducah, and WNKY News 40 in Bowling Green. It will also stream live online. WCPO anchor Evan Millward will moderate the debate, which is sponsored by WCPO, Link NKY, the League of Women Voters, and the Northern Kentucky Forum. Here to break it all down is Dr. Riley. Dr. Riley, welcome back to the Northside Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. So we'll start off, uh, what does it mean for NKU to host this sort of event? Uh, So it's quite unusual that NKU would get this type of event. Uh, We are often considered sort of Cincinnati light by most of the Commonwealth. And so for us to get a debate like this and the only debate is kind of exciting. Uh, Of course, having an audience would have helped that a little bit in the community. But nonetheless, there will still be folks who are there from the local community. Um, So, yes, getting it here in Northern Kentucky is quite a, a catch. A lot of folks would expect that it would go to one of the flagship universities just because it's more centralized to the state. And what does this debate mean for each of the candidates with the election taking place just a few weeks from the event itself? Uh, so the political scientist in me has to say, well, how much do debates matter to the outcome? Not as much as we maybe expect. Uh, we think about voters who are watching the debate. Those who are on the fence aren't necessarily going to be swayed by the debate performance. They may not even turn in. But what we're going to see is that folks are motivated to vote so that they may have already supported Cameron or supported Bashir. But now they're actually going to go out and vote because they saw them in action and they they really liked what they saw. So in terms of the candidates, it's really a performance that they have to, to showcase to voters to make sure they can get out the vote. You know, that's really interesting that you put it that way. I've never really thought of debates as a more of a get out the vote event than than swaying votes. Is that would you say this is one of the bigger get out the vote events that, you know, campaigns can do? Um, Certainly door knocking is one of the other more strong portions of getting out the vote, um, having folks go door to door and encourage people to vote and vote for their candidate. But this is going to be televised, as we just heard, across the Commonwealth. So it will be the only opportunity folks will have to compare the candidates side by side. And so if you were okay with the candidate, but then really like, oh, that's really, you know, impassioned by them or likewise against the other candidate, I think that is the the motivation for folks to sometimes turn out or take the time to turn out. So before we uh, get into the issues that might be talked about in the debate, what do the polls look like? What are the polls saying about this race? So the polls have been pretty consistent in Bashir's favor. Eight, nine percent is what we're seeing. Um, I've looked at a little bit of the statistics behind them just to make sure because we've, we've had some challenges with some polling over the time. A lot of them look like fairly legitimate of likely voters, more broad than just the larger centers. So it looks like those are pretty consistent and pretty accurate within a certain margin of error. So I think it's going to be less close 
than the previous election that Bashir won by only five or 0.5%. Uh, so I would expect that this one will be less close than that. But, you know, election day surprises often <laughs> come up and we don't know what's going to happen. So. And speaking of that, uh, how does this race compare to the 2019 gubernatorial race, which pitted Bashir against an incumbent governor, Matt Bevin? So since World War II, only three Republicans have been elected governor and none of them have received a second term. So I guess one could have forecasted that this may happen in 2019. That said, I think a lot of folks voted for Bashir, not necessarily because of who he was or because of his legacy of his father, but because he wasn't Matt Bevin. And that seemed to be the deciding factor for many people. So going back to that debate where you see them side by side, it wasn't necessarily like people loved Bashir. It's that they didn't like Matt Bevin and Bashir just was able to capitalize on that. So I think the issues are similar. We're hearing a little bit about education again. And those were some of the issues with the previous election. And we're seeing in the campaigns where they're comparing Cameron to Matt Bevin, to like, we're going to go back to policies as a way to sort of jog folks' memory about right. that. Um, so I think that's a, a key difference. Bashir also has been governor for four years, so he has positives and negatives that people have experienced. And so we'll see those items come to, to light whether it's good or bad, that folks will be able to say, I remember this policy, you closed our schools, all those types of things that people will remember. So let's get into the issues that might be discussed in, in the debate. We were talking a little bit before we start recording about education. You just hit on it just a little bit. That was a big issue in the last election because Matt Bevan, he was not popular with the teachers, the K through 12 teachers in particular in, in the Commonwealth. But then again, you look at what Bashir has done And he took a lot of heat for closing down the schools during COVID, as did a lot of governors across the country. So how will education be addressed in the debate? So I think uh, one of the, there's going to be a couple of themes that are hitting with education. So a lot of promises were made about teacher salaries and plans for investing in education. And a lot of things have happened since 2019 COVID and other sort of restrictions. And so I don't think all of that has materialized. So I think that will be an issue for discussion and talking about Bashir's record. Uh, Another issue is content of curriculum. We're seeing that across the, the nation where people are talking about what's being taught in schools. We're hearing things about critical race theory, whether or not folks want to their students or their children to be exposed to that. Um, And if they know what critical race theory is, (laughs) Um, we're hearing a lot about transgender rights and how that plays out in high schools across the country. And those are issues that have, they're not necessarily about education. They're about a lot of other things, but they get folded into that umbrella. So I expect we'll see some of that cultural components to education also being discussed. And across the country, abortion has also been a major issue over the past few years. How is that issue reflected in this race in Kentucky? Well, during the last election, we had a ballot measure on abortion here in Kentucky, and it failed, um, which I don't think many people expected. I think most people expected it would pass and there'd be further restrictions. Uh, So Cameron, of course, is the attorney general, and he made some statements initially after that um, about whether he would follow the advice of the the amendment or the the ballot measure. Uh, So I think... That issue is going to come up also because it's such a powerful federal issue. We're seeing that that 
sort of trickles down to the states. And especially since this is one of the major races post um, or the, since the Supreme Court has taken away some of the rights from Roe, then I think this is a, a showcase or a time for those issues to sort of be on the forefront. So one of the final issues we're going to talk about is the how Governor Bashir handled the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, a lot like many governors, governors took a big part, took a big part, very public part in how states handled COVID-19. A lot of polls show that Andy Bashir, Governor Andy Bashir, was very popular during COVID-19 for the way he handled the pandemic, particularly in, in the early days. Can you talk a little bit about how his handling of the pandemic um, will affect this race. So I think one of the reasons by, or sorry, Bashir, that was a, a Freudian slip there. Um, so I think one of the reasons Bashir is so popular is because of sort of the notoriety he got during COVID and his um, human approach to some of those things that people saw. And we, we talked a little bit about before the podcast started, uh, a little bit about beers with Bashir, that folks would tune in to watch Bashir every evening during the early eight days of the pandemic to see what was going on. And he would give updates like every governor across the country. But I think it resonated with a lot of voters here and a lot of people here. And his his popularity was pretty high and actually continues to be a lot higher than most expected. And he got a national reputation for that. So he was seen as sort of one of the, the leading governors on the issues of COVID. A lot of the most recent ads have tied Bashir to Biden and seeing like with masks and Biden written on them to try and connect the two to how folks feel about Biden and perhaps his handling of COVID or um, those issues. And so trying to connect Bashir to Biden to connect maybe Biden's negative campaign at, or campaign ratings or low approval ratings, that's a better way of putting it, and how that affects Bashir or would translate to Bashir, I think is a an important feature that a lot of folks are focusing on around this. Um, but if we remember back to 2020, Bashir was there. He talked a lot about the folks um, that were running and or like that were being hurt or by COVID. And so I think that also resonated with people, the human part. And so how to balance policy versus the like human approach is going to be a challenge for some voters. Before we get into our final segment of the podcast, I do want to touch on something that you that you just mentioned. We talked a little bit before we recorded about advertising and how that has already started playing a role in this campaign. Bashir, Andy Bashir, his campaign came out with a pretty serious ad talking about, it was, a, I think, I believe a rape victim who talked about having to get an abortion. And Daniel Cameron is coming out with some ads, like you said, attacking Bashir and connecting him with Biden. How is advertising going to play a role in this campaign? Because these are some pretty nasty ads already. And we're only in the first week of October. We've still got a long ways to go, yes. Uh, I think what is fascinating this year is how much money is being invested into campaign ads. So I looked um, this morning, and I think they're saying that already the candidates have spent $50 million compared to $24 million in 2019. So we've already doubled it. And we're six weeks out, five weeks out from the election. So 
what's to come is kind of the, the thing. But I think if you are ahead, you want to continue that lead. If you're behind, you've got to do some things to sort of break down that wall. So what does that mean? It means advertising. It means connecting to voters. And so that can be done really well through very personal ads, very um, powerful connections, whether it's the Biden imagery, whether it's that young lady in the in the video or in the commercial. I think both of those play, play a large role. Um, one thing that I think surprises me and doesn't surprise me in some ways about this campaign is we're not seeing any federal leaders here campaigning. We've seen Rand Paul in a commercial for Cameron, although not sponsored by Cameron. But we haven't seen McConnell out campaigning for Cameron and Cameron worked for McConnell, so there's that connection. Uh, we haven't seen Donald Trump in uh, Kentucky. We haven't seen Biden in Kentucky. And that, I think, also tells us a little bit about how the candidates want to distance themselves from the federal situation. And so trying to sort of brand themselves as them and keep themselves Kentucky maybe is kind of a, a Kentucky, and Kentucky isn't a verb, um, <laughs> uh, to keep them sort of connected to the state more, more clearly, uh, I think is a valuable component. With this episode, we're actually debuting a new segment to close out the podcast called The Norse Five. And so we'll be asking you five fast questions just to get to know you and your relationship with campus. So our first question is, what is your go-to parking spot on campus? So I park between uh, or just behind the College of Informatics building. Uh, just it's very close to my building. So it's the best place. And it's not usually that packed by 8 a.m. So and you have a Starbucks cup with you. What is your go-to Starbucks order? Uh, these days, it is a sugar-free vanilla latte with whipped cream. The whipped cream adds the little, you know, decadence. <laughs> Favorite building on campus? So when I started at NKU, we were in Founders Hall. And I'm still in Founders Hall. We've moved in. We've moved out for the renovation and stuff. And, you know, it has charm. It has some challenges from time to time, like all the buildings. But uh, it's probably my favorite building. And just to think about, yeah, this used to be the classroom I taught in. And, you know, it didn't have a wall that went to the back. <laughs> but now it does. So, yeah. And your favorite lunch spot on or off campus? Uh, so my favorite place is Nita's um, Siam Kitchen. It's just beside Lowe's here uh, off campus. Uh, they have very spicy food and I enjoy it. Yeah, that place is great. I've been there a few times. They have really good sushi. And finally, what is your favorite NKU memory? Yeah, so you primed me with this one. And I have lots of memories over 14 <laughs> years at NKU. I think there's lots of things that I find special about NKU. And, you know, the big gatherings when you're sitting with all your colleagues and getting the rah-rah is always a nice part of it. But I think perhaps for political science me is that we had um, Bush, um, sorry, Jeb Bush and... Oh, I can see his face and I can't remember his name. That is terrible. Uh, the Democratic. Uh, was it Howard Dean? Thank you. Yes. Um, so we had um, Jeb Bush and Howard Dean visit campus. I want to say in the fall of 2009 or fall of 2010. And I got to moderate their conversation with campus. And just, you know, I, I think both are pretty phenomenal politicians and learning a little bit about how they see the world and how they see Politics was really fun. And so I really enjoyed 
that part. And I maybe is one of my favorite NKU memories. I loved those debates because they, they used to do them almost, I think every year or every other year, because when I was a student here, we had, I remember meeting, cause I was on student government and we got to meet uh, John Huntsman and Bill Richardson when they were here. Um, Bill, Richardson, Bill Richardson actually just passed away, I think last month. So, um, and that, that was one of my favorite because you got to see two different sides, two different viewpoints and they were always very cordial. They were very nice. They were, I mean, it was just a good debate. And they weren't necessarily running for anything. It was right. just talking about issues and politics. And, I, you know, the political science nerd in me just loves yeah, that kind of like statesmanship conversation. Dr. Sean O'Reilly, thank you for joining the North, the North South Podcast again. Thank you for having me. This has been another episode of the North South Podcast. As always, you can like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If we're not on there, let us know and we'll get on there. Be sure to like and follow all the NKU social media accounts at NKUEDU on X, formerly known as Twitter, and Northern Kentucky University on Facebook at NKUEDU on uh, Instagram. And I believe we're on TikTok as well. So follow us there. And we'll be back next week with a brand new episode with an awesome new guest. Until then, what's up?